Good morning, Ira Block. Welcome on VH Berries. Thank you, Victor. Good, good to hear from you and speak to you. You are one of the finest cultural documentary photographer in the world. I'm very grateful. To, so thank you so much. Pleasure being here. Before crossing this intersection between photography and subjects, there is first and foremost um, a connection between Ira Block and the nature and the planet Earth. Yes, yes. Uh, I've spent, even though I'm from New York City originally, uh, once I got out of the house and started my photography career, I've traveled quite a bit around the world to all sorts of different locations. Absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit more about your background and how it all started? I started taking photos while I was in high school and I was back then doing black and white and my dad built a little dark room for me and it was magic watching prints <laughs> come out of the developer and seeing this happen and it just it was just an amazing thing and I also realized that having the camera while I was out shooting for things like the high school newspaper and the yearbook opened up a lot of doors and a lot of experiences with people. And I just couldn't believe what a great thing photography was. So when I went off to college, even though initially my parents wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer, I still kept shooting while I was in college I joined the student newspaper so I'd have access to a dark room. And I just was having such a wonderful time being a photographer that eventually I said, you know, this is what I want to do. This is where my passion, this is where my love is. And that's what I did. I decided to go full time into photography. And decades after, in 2021, I can also feel the same passions, the same love that you have for photography. Yeah, it's never gone away. It's <laughs> photography's who I am. It's my life. I have a couple of other interests in my life that, I, in, that I'm involved in. But really, being a photographer is my persona. Photography is who I am. It's where I've, you know, spent my life traveling and it's my passion. And it was my passion when I started. And it still is my passion because this is who I am. This is what I do. I've been traveling around the world. I love meeting people. I love experiencing other cultures and uh, watching how other people live. And it's been so enriching to me as a, as a person. It's, it's created my, my persona. I don't, you know, I, I sometimes find it hard 
when I come back to New York speaking and interacting with other people because they just don't, I feel they sometimes don't have the same reality check that I've had from all my experiences. And Ira Block, when you just mentioned, for example, that you are meeting new people, you are the complete opposite of a paparazzi because you don't want to use um, super long lenses. Instead, uh, you prefer wild angles and to stay closer to the subjects. <laughs> yes, that's, you know, I, I try not to be a street photographer just grabbing images I like to really interact quite a bit with my subject and I like showing my subject in their environment and to do that instead of using a telephoto lens with the wide angle lens I could put a person close to my picture and then with the wide angle lens the background expands so I May, I'm able to connect the person I'm dealing with and their and the background to try to tell a story to try to say something about them and it's to do that you need to have a connection with people and I guess one of my strengths as a photographer is that I am able to make connections with people and to make people feel comfortable with me. So that's, that's one of the ways I work, and I really enjoy it because it's very fulfilling. I really do get to learn a lot about the people I'm dealing with and what their life is about and you know how, how easy it is and how difficult it is. So if I understood correctly, by having a smaller uh, cameras and DSLR like uh, the Sony's one, it can create a more stronger link with the subject because um, they are not intimated by, uh, <laughs> by the, the objects. So they can act uh, natural. Yes, exactly. Uh, even though I, you know, I have, I use a lot of the Sony equipment because I'm one of the Sony artisans. There are all these big, great lenses they have, which I like to use sometimes. But when I'm dealing with people, I tend to try to use a smaller camera and some of the smaller lenses because it's just, it's, it's, I don't think people enjoy it when you're, pushing a camera or a lens in their face. They do become <laughs> intimidated. So uh, for, for my people work, when I really want to get intimate with them and sort of go into their homes or their tents or a local shop with them, I think just going in with one camera and a small lens is, is the way to facilitate that. Now, all that being said, there are times when I do other types of photography, like larger productions, where I'm bringing in lights, and it's obvious that I'm working with people who know me, and I bring, you know, bigger cameras, bigger lenses then. 
but I, you know, I've learned the difference of how people react, especially in foreign cultures. And talking about environment, you have a wonderful studio right now in New York City. Yes, I because of the uh, pandemic situation, I've been spending a lot more time here in uh, home, here at home in New York. My typical travel is about six months of the year. And in the last 18 months, I've barely gone anywhere. So I'm spending more time here at the studio and it's given me an opportunity to go through a lot of my older photos and help, you know, organize and decide where things should be going. It's, it's a lot of, uh, logistic and paperwork and catch up work that I put off when I'm traveling so much. In definitive, this is a way to have more gratitude because with this time alone, you can think and connect the dots of the last years, for example. Yeah, it is a lot more time to, to sort of think and look back at stuff, but my personality and my life seems to be keep moving forward, looking forward, even though it's necessary for someone like me to look back because I do have such a large collection of photographs. I just like moving forward and taking more photographs and ex having more experiences. At some point when I can't travel anymore due to age or health, I guess then will be the time to go through all the stuff. But right now I'm still antsy and I still want to get out there and do things and travel and meet people and just have, you know, a terrific time of it. So it's, you know, it's, it's a mixed blessing. Absolutely, Ira Block, because you have this uh, fascinating ability to always adapt real quickly because for example in some conferences you like to make fun of films by uh, <laughs> spelling it with the four letters you know yeah yeah right yeah what's this word film four letters f-i-l-m although that's how my whole career started and at this point having been home one thing i did decide to do is I'm looking for a specific uh, film camera, a old Rolleiflex, because I, I do want to start getting back shooting some film. When I started out in my as a teenager shooting pictures, I had a Yashica Mat, which was a twin lens reflex camera, the kind you look down into, and It was affordable, but what I really always wanted was a Rolleiflex film camera. So now I'm thinking maybe it's a good time to get a Rolleiflex and start shooting some very controlled images with film and only a 12 exposure roll. But we'll, we'll see where that takes me. It's, uh, it's just an idea I've had and Uh, I've got to develop some project to go along with it. And 
in addition to have a wonderful uh, caps collection for uh, <laughs> for the head uh, you also have another type of collection which is the gloves because you still need good gloves so your hands don't freeze up in mongolia yeah yeah you know i one of my first assignments for the national geographic uh was going to the north pole with a japanese explorer who was going by dog sled and i grew up in new york city so I wasn't really an outdoor adventure type of person. But when I got this assignment, and I don't know why they gave it to me, maybe to test me out when I got this assignment to go to the North Pole, I learned a lot about keeping warm. And one of the big things is, you know, wearing gloves, but wearing heavy gloves you can't operate the camera. So you just had to develop a style of lighter weight gloves and and layers of gloves. So certain gloves you'd wear while you were shooting. Other gloves you take off the outer layer and you'd work with a thinner glove just to change film or in you know nowadays to change your cards or batteries to your you know digital cameras absolutely you were talking about having the right gloves but also to keep the battery um, in your clothes to keep them warm the uh, yeah i keep uh when when you're working out in really cold weather I keep the batteries inside my clothes because the batteries are the weakest link and there's technology in the world of batteries hasn't progressed very much. So batteries get cold and batteries stop working. So one of the easy things to do is just keep the batteries in your clothing next to your body. Your body temperature is really warm, keeps the batteries warm. Ira Bluck, through your career, you have um, known, you are known for uh, photographing landscape and subject and people in extreme environments. And you've been almost in every country in the world. When people come to me and ask me, you know, what countries I've been to, I find it easier to say to them, I'll tell you the countries I haven't been to because I, the countries I've been to are so numerous. Basically, where the play in you know Africa is pretty vast, so I haven't been to a lot of African countries, and I've only worked minimally in Africa. Most of my other locations are Southeast Asia, uh, Europe, Eastern Europe, South America. And uh, I've been to the Arctic and Antarctic numerous times. And Africa would be probably one of the areas where I've been to the, the least. For sure. But I also believe that every human on Earth uh, have, hasn't been on Antarctica. So uh, do not worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, it's... Uh, 
it's it's great traveling and going to all these different countries and I uh, I like to create images that show a country, especially developing nations. I like to show the balance that people are trying to achieve in a developing nation in a developing nation. That's the balance between keeping their culture, which they've had forever, and dealing with the modern world, which is, you know, tourism and business and economics and politics, and yet still keeping the culture that makes them who they are. So that's one of the favorite things for me to shoot is going back to a place numerous times over, say, five, ten years. So you could see how things are changing and how people are adapting to keeping that balance of culture and, you know, modern world. That's right, because the changes that you mentioned in developing countries are most often gradual, uh, which makes sense to return to these countries uh, every five years or or ten years. Yeah, I've seen one of the places I've been going to since the 90s is uh, Cuba. Cuba's made some amazing changes in the times since I first went there, and I've been able to document that. And one of the things I did just recently was a book on how much Cuba loves baseball. And, you know, baseball is an American sport originally, but got brought to Cuba in the mid to late 1800s, and they just love it there. Baseball in Cuba is almost a religion. And I use that sport as a way of looking at the Cuban culture because everyone in Cuba is involved in baseball. So this sport was a great sort of medium to examine Cuban culture. And it was one of my favorite projects. Of course, Ira Block, this is one of your favorite projects because you made a book. <laughs> That's a sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time on it and uh, it was, it was simple in some ways, because every time I go to a local town in Cuba, I would we just meet someone and say, "Hey, where are they playing baseball?" <laughs> and they and they show us where they were playing baseball, and you go there and you meet people, and then I photographed things around baseball, like the food that people bring to a baseball game and how they get there, whether they ride a horse there or take a car, one of the old cars, and the children playing baseball and the older people that are playing. And I remember 
on my last trip when I was getting ready to go back and I knew it would be my last trip. And as a photographer, you're, you're always paranoid about, I'm missing something. What am I missing? I know there's something I haven't shot. And my assistant said to me, well, you got young people, teenage people, uh, regular people playing baseball, but do old people play baseball there? So on my last trip, I found a league of veterans players, they're called, you know, people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s that were playing the game. And it was perfect because it completed the circle of kids playing from a young age, and yet, you know, people keep playing and keep loving the sport even when they're 80 years old. And if they're able to play, they'll play. If they can't play, they'll watch the game. But these guys were really great. They were able to play, and they play pretty well. And what's amazing is a lot of them were wearing old uniforms from when they were younger, and they still fit into those uniforms. To me, that was that was very, you know, very telling. You mean that through your experiences in Cuba, you have realized that baseball is the best social network that brings ho the whole country together? Absolutely, because when I first started on the project shooting baseball in Cuba, and even now, the... There's not a lot of internet there in Cuba. It's not, it's, it's not advanced when it comes to communications. People basically use a telephone. Now there are, you know, a lot of cell phones, but for a while it was landlines and people communicated in person by gathering together at group events like, like a baseball game and When you get people watching the game, they're also sharing information about what's going on in their life, what's going on in politics, what's going on in the village, and, you know, gossiping, all the stuff that people do now on their phones and their computers. But in Cuba, gathering together at a game was a way to make this communication happen and it was you know the old way live face to face one of your major inspiration in your life and work is your mother yes and it's interesting that since i had to stay home due to covid and the pandemic uh my mom is a hundred years old and she still has a shop in Brooklyn where she sells ladies handbags and designer handbags and she goes to work six days a week. She just won't stop working and I think that's part of what keeps her alive and so young and while I was home all this time I thought that This is a good opportunity for me to document my mom's story and what it's like to be a hundred years old, still working, 
and how she's affected by COVID and the pandemic. So I spent a lot of time with her, documenting her, and uh, this was another perfect time to use the small Sony camera and small lenses because even though it's my own mother, how many times did she say to me, don't you have enough pictures already? <laughs> Just like everyone else. <laughs> so, uh, but I, because she was my mother, I could tell her we're doing more. Let's keep shooting. So I, I spent time documenting her and various thing, doing various things in her life. And besides the store, I, you know, documented her at home and, and when you're 100 years old, you tend to spend time going to doctor's offices. So I went with her to a bunch of doctor's offices. I really got a very rounded look at my mom's life. And it was, you know, nice to reconnect with her after, you know, being out of my house for so many years, being a grown-up, where you don't spend much time with your parents. And this was a great great opportunity to spend that kind of time with her and ira block with a mother that is that productive it's impossible for you to be lazy now yeah i know i she you know i can't complain i can't say i want to retire not that i do because i obviously just want to keep shooting but my mother certainly is an inspiration to how working keeps your mind and everything nice and sharp. And to keep your mind uh, nice and sharp, you're uh, continuing and always doing some uh, workshop. So it consists, for example, uh, for a small group of people to take a walk during multiple days into the mountains or other destination that you have uh, planned. Yes, one of the things I've been doing also lately is the last uh, five, six years, I've been doing a lot of workshops because so many people are now interested in photography and they want to learn about it. And I've got the knowledge to teach. And I take students, I tend when things were, when traveling was happening before the pandemic, I always took people to exotic places to, so I could help them not only learn about photography, but learn about local people and local people's cultures. So that, that's always been a, been a lot of fun these last years for me to find people that are just beginning photography and help them move forward and improve their work. And a lot of my students keep coming back to my workshops, and they've all really improved. Uh, I tell them what they're learning from me is 30 to 40 years of making mistakes and telling them what mistakes not to make. If you had to give one message that uh, includes your work. And when I say messages, I mean uh, the one you want to deliver to the world. What would it be? 
I would say, you know, open your heart and open your mind to other people. Other people have have something that you can learn from them. You know, there's no matter who you talk to, no matter who you meet, they have some knowledge, some experience that's going to enlighten you. Because most people, I think, you know, take other people for granted. They don't, uh, unless it's someone in their peer group or maybe above them, they'll listen. But people that don't know as much as you know a lot that you don't know. They just don't have the same cultural background you do. So open up to them and listen to them. You'll learn a lot and you'll improve your own life. But also in the other side, Ira Block, you also say that in New York City, which is your hometown, this is much more difficult for you to work um, because it's home. Yeah, that is true because I feel that here in New York, since I've been living here for so long, I'm desensitized to seeing things. Things I look at that I see every day don't seem so exciting because I see them on a regular basis, whereas when a tourist or a visitor comes to town, they see these things and they get really excited by it. So I think that's one of the reasons it's difficult for me to work here because I I just, you know, things seem oh so what to me. Whereas when I travel, I'm seeing something new and different and it really gets me excited. It's, uh, and that's one of the reasons why If you had a local photographer in a country shoot, it would look a lot different than what I would shoot because I think local photographers, wherever they live after a while, do become desensitized to their surroundings and things going on. Ira Block, in the new decade that we are living in, what are your plans and your goals Well, my main goal now, of course, is to get out and go somewhere that's uh, exciting to me. And that's been, that's been tempered by the epidemic and travel, but I'm still working on a couple of things. I've done a bit more traveling domestically here in the U.S., going to places that I'm interested in seeing. I've just came back. I was shooting down the Florida Keys, which was a great place. I had a lot of fun down there. And I'm going to be going to uh, Maine in September and October to photograph up there. So I'm finding things to do. Uh, and the big goals, I'll have to wait until uh, things settle down in the world. And you also have a very special relationship with uh, the newspapers and magazine National Geographic. Over the years, you have produced more than 13 stories. So I'm very curious about this relationship. Yeah, I've done over 30 stories for the National Geographic. 
And that's pretty much where I did most of my work for the last 30, 35 years. Uh, it, you know, it's incredible. It was incredible just working for them, given the freedom they would give me, given the time they would give me to work on a project. I, I could work on projects for months and months. And one project I worked on and off for over a year doing. So it was a great experience. And now publication is a, and print magazines are in a different sort of time zone. They, you know, people don't look at print magazines as much. And so I'm just trying to grow and move forward in my life and do other things. And I'm also trying to do more things that are my own projects that I have control. So I'm not doing them for other people who want me to focus on what they want to focus on. So now I have the opportunity to just do what I want and do it the way I'd like. Absolutely. You have nothing to prove. Um, you just want to have fun. Yeah. I think, you know, if you have fun in life and fun in your job and what you're doing, uh, you, you're a happy person. And even though I can get frustrated with my own photography, I'm my biggest critic. I, I'm always looking to do something better. So even without having an editor or a boss trying to tell me or advise me what to do, I'm my biggest editor and boss and critic. So I, you know, I'm always looking to do better. And, but I find that I do work better when I'm having a good time. When you're having a good time, Taking pictures, your pictures look better. Ira Block, thank you so much for your time. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Victor. It's good speaking to you and uh, my best to you and in the future. <laughs>